Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome or welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. My name is Kate Noel, and this episode is so, so, so special because it is my, well, it's actually my 101st episode, but we're just going to call it my 100th episode because I literally forgot. I have been preparing for my 100th episode. I've been like, no, I knew it was coming up and I had an idea for some reason in my head that it was going to be in January, but alas, it was last week and I didn't even know it. It's okay. We're going to celebrate now. And so we're going to celebrate the 101st episode instead of the 100th. And we are going to celebrate by doing a little spicy Q&A. I asked y'all on my Instagram to ask me your spicy questions. Some of them are super spicy. Some of them are not as spicy. A lot of them are about sex. So let's just, let's just talk about it. So, um, I'm just going to go through and answer the ones that are most appealing to me. I'll try to answer as many as I can. Um, but before I do that, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast, for supporting me on my own journey. And it's been a beautiful, like, it's just been beautiful to have this podcast. And it's been quite a long time. And, and when you do something for this long, it and it still doesn't feel like a job, that's awesome, right? Like, I, this still is so exciting for me. And it is such a privilege to have a voice. And so I just want to say thank you for making this possible for me for listening, for, um, you know, just all the support that all of you give me. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, cheers to the new year, a new season. And um, I just can't wait to continue to do this. And I look forward to doing it every week. So thank you all so much. Okay, let's get into the questions. First question, someone said dealing with body pressures from your partner. Okay, Great question. Uh, if your partner is pressuring you to look a certain way or have a certain body, I would just wonder like what their intention is, because if their intention is, oh, like I want you to look smaller or I want you to look this way, like if it's for their own, if it's through their lens or their gaze, then I'm like, I don't think that's a very good partner or I don't think that's somebody who's like really on your team or rooting for you. If somebody is pressuring you to have a certain body, like to have a certain body type or whatever, or maybe to like gain weight because they want to support you and they think that that's what would be supportive to you. Maybe you've expressed in the past, like I really need to weight restore or I want to like not, not think about my body as much. And maybe they're saying to you, yeah, like weight restore, like gain some weight, or I don't even know. If that was the situation, which for some reason seems like it's not the situation, but if that was the situation, I think that's different. Um, 
anytime our partner is pressuring us to have a certain body, I feel like we can use it as an opportunity to tell them and have like a good conversation with them about how to support us. It doesn't really feel supportive to me if I was, you know, when I was on my recovery journey or whatever, I didn't feel supportive to me to have my partner comment on my body. It felt way more supportive for my partner to simply like check in with me, like more generally check in with me on how I'm feeling that day. And then if body stuff came up, then it came up, but it wasn't something that I wanted them to ask me specifically about. I wanted them to ask me about more general, like how I'm feeling and a more general check-in. So I would say maybe have that conversation with your partner about how the body comments aren't supportive and how you would rather them ask you or check in with you more generally. But if they're pressuring you to have a certain body, uh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Somebody said, thoughts on most eating disorder recovery coaches being pretty. Does this glamorize recovery? Wow. Okay. That's a really interesting question. I've never really thought about that. Um, I think everyone is beautiful and I think that there are, I think recovery is beautiful. I truly think that recovery makes you more beautiful. No matter what it you end up looking like, no matter how differently you end up looking, I truly believe that recovery makes you prettier because it it allows you to be more authentically you and that will reflect in your physicality over time. So that's my answer to, or that's my thoughts on that question. I don't really know how to answer that. Um, glamorizing recovery. I, yeah, recovery is tough. Recovery is hard. It's not always, doesn't always feel beautiful. You don't always feel your best maybe. But um, at the same time, I do think that over time, recovery is really beautiful and it does innately make you, I don't know, more physically attractive because you get to be you. And that is way more attractive than trying to be somebody else. Okay. Somebody said how to feel sexy slash have a good sex life when you're gaining for HA, hypothalamic amenorrhea. Yeah. This was a really interesting thing for me when I was struggling and gaining with in my HA journey. Um, it definitely didn't feel super sexy, but let's think about what you're, let's think about like your, what you're doing to your body by feeding it more. You're actually giving it space to feel libido and feel desire and feel pleasure. You're opening up all of your pleasure like centers. You're opening up so much and, and you're, you're just like allowing yourself to be you. And that I feel like is innately really sexy, regardless of when you get your libido back or if you get your libido back or whatever, I think you will. That was a huge motivator for me to continue to recover. Um, but I would just say, depending on, I mean, it depends on, I guess, if you have a partner, like if you have a partner and you want to work on your sex life, I feel like this is a really good time to really be honest with your partner and open with your partner about what you want, what you like, what you don't like. Like, I know this sounds wild, but HA recovery like is kind of redeveloping a relationship with yourself 
because for, I don't know the specific person's journey, but my guess is that you haven't been eating enough. Maybe you've been over-exercising. You haven't been like listening to your stress. You haven't been listening to yourself. So that's a broken relationship with yourself. So I would say, um, really just open up the whole, open up communication with your partner and find out what you like. HA recovery is also a really cool time to find out what you do and don't like in all aspects of life, including sex. And you can try something and if it doesn't feel good or if you don't like it, then tell your partner or don't do it again. And if you don't have a partner, honestly, HA recovery, recovery in general is a great time to connect with with your body because I think a lot of people who are in recovery or in eating disorder world or in HA world aren't connected to their bodies. And so I'm like, just touch yourself, like have physical touch with yourself, get to know your body, get to know what you like. And that is, I mean, regardless if you have a partner or not, that's a great, I think, thing to do. And yeah, I think that will help you to feel sexy because you know what I think it is, is that I think a lot of us, at least for me, when I was coming from my, you know, journey of body image journey, I was really thinking that, oh, sexiness means something really specific. It means it's how I look. It's how I perform. It's how I act in bed. It's how far I can go. It's like all these things. And in reality, sex and sexiness is, is you. It's inside of you. It's already, (laughs) it's already there. I think it's about how you authentically like express yourself. And so taking, it's how you feel it's how your body feels, you know, it's, it's more of a sensation than I think a physical look. That's what I would say. That's my, that's my opinion. Somebody said, would you ever have dated a guy completely opposite like you? Sure. Sounds great. (laughs) That sounds fun. I mean, maybe not completely opposite. I think it's, it's good to have similarities um, but at the same time, sure. That, that sounds fun. I don't know. It depends on the person. <laughs> um, somebody said the best tips to not feel guilty or bad during the holidays due to food and exercise. Okay. That episode is coming out soon. I am going to be, um, talking about that a lot more as we enter into the holiday season on my YouTube channel as well. Um, but I think just a quick answer is, This time of year is, it comes once a year. Everyone else is doing it. It's a time to relax. It's a time to recharge. And if your eating disorder is really loud, you can make it shut up by saying to it, it's healthy to switch it up for the metabolism. It's healthy to switch it up. And it's good to relax and rejuvenate and um, think about long-term, like long-term sustainability you're going to be okay. Your body's not going to drastically change that much unless unless it really needs to. Um, and if it really needs to, then that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, I think just thinking about what it really means to celebrate and let yourself be in that celebration phase of life. I think that's so important to let yourself, you know, you don't have to have the same relationship with food every single hour of every single day of your whole life. Let yourself celebrate. It's a good thing. <laughs> Someone said the best spicy food in recovery. That's funny. 
Okay. Okay. Real talk though. I used to put sriracha and spicy like sauces and everything on everything, on all of my food. And now I cannot do it. I think it might be an eating disorder thing because I used to just need to like feel sensation with spiciness and now I cannot do it. I cannot do it. My stomach is not tough enough for spiciness. Sometimes black pepper is too spicy for me. Okay. Whew, that's, that's pretty funny actually. If someone annoyed you, would you ever respond back but with attitude? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. I I don't know. I I'm I consider myself pretty level-headed and I typically won't respond back with attitude because I don't know. I feel like that's not as productive, but definitely. I mean, certainly there have been many times where I've probably responded with a little too much um frustration and anger. <laughs> Um, someone said, so random, but after waking, will hands, feet, fingers ever look normal again? Sure. I imagine what you're experiencing is water retention. And so that will definitely, that definitely gets, gets better and will subside. Someone said sex drive post-recovery significantly higher or nah? Yes. Sex drive post-recovery is significantly higher, mostly because sex drive pre-recovery was literally non-existent. Um, but I, I love, that is such a huge motivator for me. Um, I ask all of my clients what their relationship with sex is like, and almost everyone says their sex drive is low, but then I say, yeah, but tell me more. And, um, sex drive post-recovery is definitely significantly higher. And I mean, now that I'm ovulating and I have a cycle, it's just that, that helps. And just, yeah, I'm just not thinking about food all the time. So I have space to think about other things in my life. And like your body just feels, you know, feels like it wants to have sex and it wants to, you know, be in relationship or it wants to feel good. And my, my whole, like I said earlier, my whole like world and view, my whole view and like pleasure is, is different. So that's what I'll say about that. Um, I feel like my boyfriend is fat shaming people and me now that I'm weight restored. Ouch. I mean, I don't like that at all. It doesn't seem like you like it either. I would say like have a conversation with, with them. They're, do, do they know about internalized fat phobia and do they know about your journey? And if they can respond and, and apolog be apologetic and be empathetic and work on that, then I would say amazing, but also like, that doesn't sound like a good, a good partnership. Um, especially if they're not receptive to that, to be honest, I don't know you at all or your partner or your boyfriend, but that's not okay. You know what I mean? So I think maybe have a conversation. It, that seems like a good idea. Somebody said your most embarrassing story from this year. Um, I don't know you guys. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty like silly weird person in real life. Maybe I am on the internet too. Um, my most embarrassing story from this year. Okay. The first thing that comes up, which I've posted on my TikTok, but I was at Paw Studio and my friend Marianne and I were in the cryotherapy tank and we were getting filmed by another friend and we were like running out in this video and I slipped and I fell and I fell like I was literally running out of this cryotherapy tank and I was vertical. Then all of a sudden I'm like horizontal 
And you can just hear the thud and it was like really funny. It wasn't that embarrassing. I actually found it quite funny. I don't really get embarrassed. I'm trying to think about like true embarrassment. Mm, I don't know. I think that's what I'm going to say. There's lots, there's lots floating into my mind right now though. Uh, somebody said advice on dealing with regret, having regretting having an eating disorder, regret other big life decisions. Yeah, um, I feel like regret is tough. Um, what is the mechanism of regret? Like, do you feel guilty? The mechanism of guilt is to teach us something. So if you are experiencing guilt, which I feel like is usually how we feel when we're regretful, that's at least how I feel. Anytime I'm feeling guilt, it's because I'm afraid that something is going to happen again in the future. So if you can look back on why you feel guilty and think to yourself, how can I ensure that that's not going to happen in the future, or at least try to ensure that it's not going to happen again in the future, then usually I'm able to move on. So I imagine that you feel regret maybe because you're worried that you might have an eating disorder in the future, or you're worried that you're going to make big decisions in your life that you, again, that you like don't, that don't serve you. And I think just remembering that life is, is not chaotic. And and for me, life is not like just a ball of chaos and there's a purpose and, and reason to everything. So allowing yourself to, um, you know, allowing yourself to live in the world, making your story right, making your story true and, that can be that can be a lot of different things like making your story right to me can mean a lot of different things but the general thing i'm trying to say is make your life story yours make it correct and if you need to go back in time and think about why you made the decisions that you made i think that can be really helpful because you you made your decisions for a reason you're not stupid you made your decisions for a good reason. Somebody said possibly eating sort of related, possibly not, but could you please talk about addiction? Hmm, I don't have a... Oh, you know what? I do have a, a say on addiction. I have personally never dealt with addiction outside of my eating disorder. Um, although I have had an interesting relationship with alcohol that um, I have a family history of alcoholism and it's been um, something that... I've been very cognizant of, and the only thing I really have to say is that I feel like when I had my eating disorder, that is when I felt way more susceptible to addiction. So I think that they are related in a way, um, for me at least they were. I felt like way more disembodied and way more likely to use like powerful substances, including alcohol and other things like that. Um, but now that I'm recovered, I don't worry or think about struggling with addiction. Um, and like I said, I've never really had a, like an addiction myself outside of my eating disorder, but, um, not that I think an eating disorder is an addiction, but you know, I don't know. I've, I get what you're, I get what you're trying to say here. Um, but I do feel so much stronger now and I don't worry about, you know, becoming addicted to anything, which is such a such a privilege and that that feels really good someone said how long a lot of people said how long does it take for your libido to restore i think mine started to really come back when i got my period back so when i started ovulating again 
Um, but I don't know. It just um, came back for me kind of like over time. I'm going to say from the start of my HA recovery to like when I got my period back, it was about nine months. So it slowly came back over that amount of time. And then it, then over the, over the next year of me like ovulating regularly, I got it back or I got my libido back um, slowly. Somebody said, I'm in love with the, my boy bestie. It's hard to get over him, especially when he's so sweet. Does your boy bestie know this? If he does, then um, yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting dynamic. If you feel like your boy bestie is not interested in you, or if he told you he's not interested in dating you, then for me, I'm not a relationship expert, but for me personally, if I was in like in love with my best friend, and they didn't want to pursue a relationship with me, it would be really hard for me to be around them like over time and like constantly having that. So I'm not saying I feel like you should cut this person off, but perhaps like taking some time to write out like what your own relationship desires are and what you want. And for me, my relationship desires are, I want somebody to want to be with me, right? Like that's one of them. I want somebody to to really want to be with me. I don't want there to be hesitation. Um, and so if there's hesitation on your on your best friend's part, like I feel like that for me, that would be like, okay, well, you're, you don't fit into what I want for myself. So really like asking yourself what you want. I don't know if that made sense. I hope that did. Somebody said, what do you do when you kind of like someone and they might like you too, but the water's just still? I don't know. I, I mean, I do know what I would say is, um, I don't, I don't know the, if you kind of like someone, the water's still like th- these words to me are like, what do you really want? Right? Like write down what your relationship desires are. And if you want somebody, a relationship where you guys kind of like each other and it's the water's kind of still and there's nothing really happening, then okay, keep, keep going with this person. But if you really want someone who's willing to be there for you and wants to not like love bomb you by any means, but just jump in and like, you know, what do you want? Because if you want that, then I feel like, you know, stir the water. And if the, if the water doesn't get stirred and it's not reciprocated, then go after what you want, clear out the old, get the new, um, or take time for yourself. That's a really good thing too. Those are all the questions I'm going to answer for now. I got a few other questions that are about my personal life and I'm actually going to be making a YouTube video on that soon, which I'm just going to be live this upcoming Monday, which is December 5th. So check out my YouTube channel. I'll leave it linked down below. Thank you all so much for listening to Take the Cake. This is such a, I love this platform. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Times a million. Thank you for listening all the way up to the 101st episode And um, I look forward to doing more and I hope that y'all have an amazing rest of your day. Bye.